0: 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verses number 4, the Apostle Paul writes to the church of Corinth, and he says, there are different kinds of gifts. Somebody shout different kinds, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Six, he picks up and he says, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for, for the common good. Father, thank you once again. Bless this moment in Jesus' mighty name. Now, you guys rock with me just for a moment. I really want to take my time today and just really kind of exegete this particular text and point to some other supporting text to what it is I believe that God has to say to the people of God. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, I just want to highlight the fact that the Apostle Paul, writing to the church, he says, To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is giving. In essence, what he's trying to communicate to the body of Christ, that you as an individual in the body, God has graced you with a spiritual enablement. It's not just your neighbor that's gifted, it's not just your pastor that's gifted, but you, somebody shout, I am gifted. Yes, on your spiritual birthday, there's something that God placed on the inside of your spirit. And this is what he says, speaking to that particular gift in verses number four. He says that there are different types of gifts. So I rebuke jealousy now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke spirits of infirmity and, and inferiority now in Jesus' name where you feel as though because I don't have this particular gift, um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't operate on a certain level. The devil is absolutely a lie. And I also rebuke pride because there are some people that have certain gifts. And they feel as though because I have this gift, I ought to be on this particular platform. No, no, no. Everybody has a gift, but everybody don't have the same gift. And even those individuals who do have a same gift, he says in verse number five, there are different kinds of service. So you might have the same gift, but how you serve people, how you serve humanity might vary from an individual who has the same gift. Now, let me just hang my hat there just for a moment, because the reality is, if you have a gift, you ought to be serving people and not just yourself. There are some people who are extremely gifted and the only people who benefit from their gift is themselves. But the reality is God gave you a gift, not just from you, and it's not that you won't profit from the gift. As an example, if you have word of knowledge, it's to bless people. But that same word of knowledge, that same gift, come on, will download revelation in your own spirit to advance your own personal life. But if you only use the gift to bless yourself, you're missing out on what it is that God wants to do, not just in you, but through you. Can you say amen to that? He says in verse number six, he says there are different kinds of working. So what are you saying, Pastor? Number one, everybody has a gift. Number two, everybody don't have the same gift. And if you do have the same gift, it doesn't mean that you're going to serve people the same way. And then fourthly, he's going to say that there are not only different services, but there are different workings. So in essence, the way God works through you to, to, to manifest that gift is different. I know some who are prophetically gifted who see. And I know some who are just as prophetically gifted don't see at all. But my God, if they ever hear something, y'all ain't saying nothing. My wife is prophetically gifted. She doesn't necessarily see or hear. But if she have a dream about it, you better take it to the bank. So the way God works in us is different. So, Pastor, where are you going with this? Let me pause for a moment. We've been in a series for the past Eight weeks, and and Lady McGee, didn't she do a phenomenal job last week, y'all? My girl did a phenomenal job teaching the Word of God, and our series for the past eight weeks has been Family Matters. And in essence, there were quite a few things that God challenged me personally as I was ministering to you all. It's more than just that, that you should treat your wife right, you should treat your children right, but I believe what God was trying to say to us as a family is that we need to learn to value each other. There's this intangible thing that you just do when you have an appreciation and a value for one another. I can't get no help in this place. It's, it's certain things that you don't even have to ask of certain people when they honor you, when they value you. You just do it because there is extreme value. And God, I believe that he was looking at us as family, as family units, and he's saying that there is a lack of value in the family. See, some of us are just focused on behavior modification, but God is focused on heart transformation. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If I could just get my child to do this, if I can get my wife to do this, if if I can get my husband to do this, it's not just about behavior, but God says that there's a lack of value in the family. And so we spoke to that for the past eight weeks. But now we're making a transition to not just family matters, but somebody shout, my church family matters. I want to help somebody in this place. That's what we're going to be dealing with for the next eight weeks. My church family, it does, it does matter. Now, when you, when you hear the word church, I want to speak from it. Uh, to it from a biblical perspective. Um, whenever the scripture highlights church, it's talking about usually one or two facets of the word, either the universal church or the local church. Let me define the universal church. The universal church is defined as it's composed of all believers everywhere, both in heaven or on earth. So if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you have been baptized, if you have been born again, you are a part of the universal church. And Jesus speaks to the universal church in Matthew 16, 13. This is what he does. He poses a question to his disciples, and he says, who do men, who do people say that I, the son of man, am? And his disciples respond, some say that you're John the Baptist, son, Jeremiah, Elijah, or one of the prophets. Then he looks directly at them and say, who do you, I know what other folks say about me, but who do you? You say the Son of Man am. And the Bible declares that that Peter speaks up and he says that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responds in verse number 17. He says, Blessed are you, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Verse 18, this is powerful. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this, somebody shout rock. Everybody shout rock. If you're watching me live, type rock. He says, On this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, Hades shall not prevail upon this rock. What is the rock? The rock is the revelation that He is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And upon this revelation, I'm building my church. Watch this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In essence, the best of hell cannot kill the church. Can somebody say amen to that? I'm telling you, there have been many so-called prophets, so many, so many so-called philosophers that have predicted the end of the church the end of the Bible, the end of Christianity, but the devil is absolutely alive. Pharaoh couldn't kill it in the book of Exodus. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. Herod couldn't kill it in Matthew. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. The Nazis couldn't kill it. Come on, somebody, when they were trying to eradicate the Jews. And I'm telling you today that the church of the living God will continue to stand until Jesus returns. Can you say amen right there? So Jesus is speaking concerning the universal church. He says, upon this rock, I will build the church and the best of hell. I don't care what is in the devil's toolbox. will not be able to prevail against it. That's the universal church. But the second context of the word church in the scripture is the local church. And the local church encompasses a particular assembly of believers in which one frequently communes. It encompasses a particular assembly of believers in which one frequently con- con- communes. When, when I was thinking of this definition, another word came to mind, and I want to share the phrase with you that got downloaded in my spirit as I was meditating on this definition of local church. And this is the, this is the phrase that came to mind. There are some who have a church membership but yet don't have a church family. I want to let that pause for a second. You have a church membership but, but you don't have a church family. So, so what, what are you trying to say? If you look, put, put the definition of local church back on the screen just for a moment. The two, the two key words within this definition is frequently and communion. It's a place where you frequently come and you commune. When I talk about frequently, I'm talking about habitually. I'm talking about making it a priority. When I speak of the word communion, I'm talking about relationship building. Some people have membership. What's the difference? It's the individuals who come late and then leave early. You might show up, but you're building no relationships. When, when, when the scripture speaks of the local church, it's talking about a place of quantity, a place of coming together, a place of loving each other, a place of challenging each other, a place of accountability. Can you say amen to that? So Jesus also speaks of the local church in Matthew 18, 15, when he says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their faults just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others alone so that every, every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Then he says in verse number 17 if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So Jesus is not referring to the universal church in this particular text. He's talking about the local church, the local believers, the local assemblies coming together. If you have a matter where a brother or sister will not listen to you, you take two or three people with you, and if they reject them, bring them before the assembly of accountability, the local church, and deal with the matter there. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 and 4, he addresses the local church. Now, I need you guys to see this because there are too many times when we read 1 Corinthians 12 in context of the universal church, but Paul is, watch this, he's writing to a local church about local church matters. He's not writing to the universal church, to the local church, about local church matters. And he's going to say that Everybody has a gift. The gifts that people have are different. They're going to serve differently with the same gifts. And even if you have the same gift, same service, how God works through you is going to be different. And then he's going to take verses 7 through verses 11 to highlight nine gifts. And there are other gifts. There may be about 25 or 26 that the scripture actually names. But he's going to only list nine gifts that individuals possibly have within this particular church when he picks up at verse number 12 he's going to say just as a body though one has many members but all its many parts from one body so it is with Christ 14 even so the body is not made up of one part but of somebody shout many. As the body of Christ, as the local church, it, watch, I, heard some, I hear this too often, and it really irritates me when a member of EMCC comes to me and say, Pastor, your church, it ain't my church Somebody shout, it's our church. Somebody shout, it's us's church. No, don't say that. The church is ours. I am the pastor, but I am just one member amongst this body of believers. He says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear? Where would the sense of smell be? But God, ooh, this is so good. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, let me press pause there for a second. Somebody shout, I am important. important. Look at your neighbor across the aisle and look at them and just point your finger at them and tell them you are important. Watch this, we are, watch this, one body, but we are many members. We are one body, and but we are many members. And too often, we as members of the body, we look at other members, and we, we demote ourselves because we're not operating in that particular function. I don't know about you, but I need my pinky toe. Can somebody say amen to that? I need my pinky toe. I love my wife so much. I love my wife so much. I love your pinky toe. You know I love your pinky toe? It's so ugly. Ooh Her pinky toe. I'll, I'm talking. The rest of her toes look fantastic, but her pinky toe. It's like it's like her big toe like rah, that middle toe like rah, the other two like rah, that pinky toe like. <clears throat> it's got a black nail on it. I love your black nail. Y'all want to know why she gets a... I'm telling you, it's like a, it's like a, a, a religious practice to paint her toenails. You want to know why? Because they ain't all the same color. But I love them all. But I guarantee, as ugly as it is, she wouldn't trade it for nothing else because that's her pinky toe. And there are some of you all who might be a pinky toe. Come on, somebody. And you looking at the eyes, and you be like, Well, I'm not that important. I'm not, well, I'm not being used like them. But I'm telling you, if you if we cut you off, come on, somebody, you're gonna hurt, and we're gonna hurt as well. Because God placed you in the body, and if he placed you in the body, somebody shout, I have a function. Now look at this particular text because I want to run already. In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, the Bible declares, But in fact, God has placed The parts in the body. Let me press pause right there just for a moment because watch this. God, I believe that he placed me in Irene McGee's life. I believe God placed Irene and Greg McGee's life. I believe that God placed Greg Jr. in our lives. I believe he placed Aisha Danielle and Charity Bonetta, Teresa Jenae, Nathaniel Lester. He placed them in our lives. I didn't just wake up one morning and say, you know what, I think I'll marry this fine girl I just met the other day. No, God visited my heart and he placed us in each other's lives. So if God placed us in each other's lives, why are we going to leave each other? If God placed you, I'm not talking about you chose to just be here. Come on, somebody. I didn't just choo- choose to be here. Greg Jr. didn't just choose to be here. But God placed him in the, oh, I want to help somebody in this place. And if God placed you there, I was talking to Anthony Chapman just a couple of days ago. And he said, he, he called me on, what was that, uh, December 31. And he says, are oh, we having church He said, we haven't church. I said, no, we're going to do everything virtually. He said, I got to come by at least and just touch the church building. And I'm like, what's up with that, Chad? He says, it's my church birthday. Come on, somebody. He says, that was the day, uh, I I think he said eight or nine years ago, that God placed me at EMCC. I was somewhere else. I was committed there. But when I came to that New Year's Eve service, I heard something calling me. I heard something beckoning me to be a part of this ministry. And God placed him in this in this ministry, everybody can't say it, but if you can say it, somebody just shout, God, place me here. So he says to a local church, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 18, oh, Charlotte, girl, you've been placed here. You thought one thing brought you to Gulfport, to Little Old Gulfport. I, I know you came from Dallas, big old Dallas, right? But, but God, whoo Transisting you from Dallas, Texas to Gulfport why? Because he says I want to place I want I want I want to run Jesus uh your, your job transfer might be the transportation. Come on, your military orders might be the transportation but the real reason you are here is because God placed God placed you here. I don't know the transportation he's going to use, but I do know that I am placed here. The Bible declares, but in fact, God has placed every, watch this, the parts in the body. Every one of them, what that last part say? Just as he wanted them to be. So God put you in a house. And not only did he put you in a local church, because I firmly believe this, and I believe that the Scripture speaks to it as well, that if you are a believer, you are automatically a part of the universal church. But by the same token, if you are a believer, you are supposed to be a part of a local church. I want to help somebody, because God not only placed you in the universal, God positions you as well in the local church body. So let me get to the meat of what I want to say. Verse number 16 declares... If the ear should say, because I am not an I, I do not belong to the body. God spoke to me, and this is what I heard in my spirit, that there are too many believers are abdicating their responsibility to the local church. There are too many believers They know that they are connected to the universal church. They know they're saved. They know their spirit feels. But they, for whatever reason, have abdicated their responsibility to the local church. And the reality is the person who really needs to hear this message won't hear this message because they don't want to connect to anything that seems to be organized. It's crazy. Thank you, Jesus. I was having a great discussion with my neighbor um, just a couple of days ago. And um, the neighborhood we just moved in, so I really don't know everybody well. So I just took the time to listen to what he had to say, and I told him I was a pastor, and he started talking about uh, the 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 harm of organized religion, and he says I don't do organized religion. He says, you know, I pray and I talk to God and I read my Bible and I do all that kind of stuff, but I don't do organized religion. And and at that particular moment, I didn't feel, I didn't feel combatedly or nothing like that. I didn't feel like attacking. That's just not in me. I didn't feel like really correcting or anything. I just wanted to connect. So I sat there and heard his story. So he says, watch this. I don't do organized religion. So I'm just listening and I'm just processing. And so as I'm walking back to my house. I thought to myself, but you want your school that you take your children to to be organized. You want the teacher to be on time. You want to know exactly what the curriculum is. You want to know when it's going to be a test. You want to know when school starts. You want to know when school is over. You want it to be organized. Not only do you want your school to be organized, you want your job to be organized. You want to know if I work X amount of hours, I'm going to get paid X amount of dollars. And the paycheck is coming on an organized date every single month when you go to walmart you want it to be organized i don't know about you all but i do not want them to change where they put the grapes right now when i walk in my walmart the grapes the, watch the, the the seedless grapes are to my immediate left don't put them in the back because that's messing with my mind i want walmart to be Organized. Don't change the automotive department from the back to the front. No, I'm used to going to the back. I want it to be somebody shall organize. We want everything to be organized, but when it comes to our expression, oh God, of faith, we want it to be loose, we want it to be free. Whatever is whatever. I pray whenever I want to pray, I do whatever I want to do. But the devil is absolutely a liar. I'm telling you right now, God somebody shall God has structure in his body. You don't want your blood flowing outside his veins. You're only talking to me in this place. You don't want your eyes on your hands. God has organized the body in the place because God values structure, He values organization. The scripture declares that God placed, He placed, He placed. He placed, and because He placed you there. You can't look at another body part. You can't look at another member in the body of Christ. And and I've been there. I promise you. Um, I, I said this a couple of days ago that I've been embracing my gift of teaching like I never have before. And because I've been embracing my gift of teaching, God has shown me other things concerning my gift. Had I never, I would have never seen if I wouldn't embrace it. And the reason I was embracing it, I hadn't been embracing it the way that I should, is because I've been seeing other ministers. I've been seeing other pastors and preachers flowing in other gift sets and it looks, so, it looks so glamorous. It seems so effective. But God says you are just as effective if you will embrace fully what I have given to, to you. Well, so God says too many believers are abdicating their responsibility to the local church. In essence, they're saying um, it doesn't matter. There's some that says it doesn't matter. If you go, you go. If you don't go, you don't go. If you show up, it's good. If you don't show up, because you, you, I, can, I can worship God at home. Yes, you can. Yes, you can as a part of the universal body of Christ, but watch this. God also values the local church. So some says it doesn't matter. And then again, there are some who say I don't matter because of what I offer. I'm just the pinky toe. I'm just the I'm just the pinky finger. I'm not an eye. I'm I'm not a hand. I'm not a I'm not a complete foot. I'm just a part, I'm just this member, part of a member. But no, the devil is absolutely a liar. Somebody shout, I count. If you get nothing else from this message, that's what that that's the heart of God concerning this message. I don't care where you are in this local church. I'm talking to Empowerment Ministries Christian Center. I don't care where you are in this local church. Somebody shall I count. It's a lie from the pits of hell to make you feel as though that your presence here does not count. But because I don't do this or because I don't do that, or even pastor hadn't asked me to do this yet, I don't count. The devil is absolutely a liar. I want to show you in the text, 1 Corinthians 12, 16, go to that B part. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. Look what, look what the writer says. It would not for that reason stop being Part of the body. Because you make up in your mind that I don't want to connect anymore doesn't mean that your place became. So, so, so I, I, um, I, um, I, I hadn't worked out for like, like two weeks now. And the reason I hadn't worked out is because I, I had an injury in my arm. And I don't exactly know what happened. All I know is it was just hurting. And so I tried to just muscle through it. And I went out there and I was, I was bench pressing. And um, Brother Jeff, it was one of those max out days. I was trying to max out. And I put as much on there that I could, I could lift. And, and I, got, I got one up decently. I came down. And I got another one halfway up. And my left arm start going out, start going out. And watch this. I felt my right arm overcompensate to help me to gift the, get the, 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 the bar off my chest and back on the rack. So watch this. You can still function like this, but as a body, you can never be completely developed <laughs> lifting weight like this. There's something that's going to go lacking, and there are too many local churches that are lacking. Watch this. Hand is vacated the building, feet have vacated the building. They are they are crawling. Come on somebody. They could be running. No, not just running. They could be sprinting, but there are people who are that God has placed there that decided not to show up. And the enemy has fooled them to feel as though that it didn't matter anyway. The church will go on and you are right. But we could go on a lot faster and a lot stronger if you would actually show up and participate in what it is that God is doing. Can somebody say. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. If you you can say that. Yeah, I join. Yeah. Yeah, I go sometime. But if God sent you here to be an ear. If if he sent you here, if he sent you, let let, let me let me tell you. I'm, okay, I'm gonna be transparent. One of one of the most um, dis- discouraging small groups that that we did last year, for me, not because of content, but because of the results. See, this is what I. Pop, I believe in the fivefold ministry. Not only do I believe in the fivefold ministry, I believe in the complete gifts, the complete gifts of the Spirit. So I believe in the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Not only do I believe in the fivefold office, I also believe within the other gifts of the Spirit word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, even the ones that Romans talked about, uh, the gift of giving, uh, gift of administration. I, and, and watch this somebody shot a healthy house. Okay, so, uh, Brother Jones, in a healthy church, in a, in a, health, a healthy body, in, in a healthy body, all the members need to function properly. <laughs> uh, <I got> you. <laughs> you understand? All the members need to function properly. If I want to raise my right hand, it, it ought to go up when I want it to go up. If I want to raise my, my left foot, it ought to go up when I want it to go up. Every member is functioning properly. So, what, what I did, God was dealing with me heavily about, in somebody shout empower, he was dealing with me heavily about empowering other gift sets and particularly other leadership gift sets. And so we went through the gift of prophecy because I realized, watch this, although the gift of prophecy rests on me from time to time, time to time, sometimes word of knowledge from time to time, that is not my major gift and it's not it's definitely not my office. But I do know that there were some within this congregation and still is within this congregation that the prophetic office rests upon you. And we took, I believe, eight weeks talking about the gift, the structure of the gift, the, the position of the office. And, and, and I wanted those individuals to stand up because watch this. As a pastor, as a teacher, watch this, I give instruction, but it would help, watch this, it would help this little local pastor a whole lot better if I was partnered with some prophetic people who were able to prepare me for certain things that were to come. Y'all ain't saying nothing because although, although I'm the pastor, I know I don't see everything. And there are some, even in this ministry, that see further than me concerning things that are going on in the body of Christ, things that are going on in the world. And it would be such a benefit to partner with those individuals. But after this series and, and several that I went to, actually, I asked them to self-identify themselves. And they identified themselves, but they said, but pastor, I'm just, a, and I'm like, baby, I'm trying to give you an upgrade in this house. I'm trying to release some of my authority to you. I realize I can't do this by myself, and and to this very day, to this very day, there were several who just did not, for whatever reason, step up to the place and walk in what it is that I, that God called them to walk in. So even right now, Sister Africa, this church is we still moving. We still moving. But we're not sprinting. You know why we're not sprinting? Because there were some that God placed here, and they said, well, I know I'm afoot, but I Somebody shout, the devil is absolutely a liar. Listen to me, EMCC, those of you all who are gathered on this, sun, this first Sunday morning in 2020, as well as those of you all who are watching me live, your pastor, if I'm your pastor, I'm telling you that I need you. I need you operating in your particular gift. No, 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 no. I rebuke intimidation now in the name of Jesus because it's time for us to sprint in 2021. Can somebody say amen to that? So if you, if you decide not to show up, it doesn't mean that something else fills your place. The reality is when you decide not to show up, there is another member who has to carry your weight and theirs at the same time. Ephesians 4.15, and I'm almost done. Paul writes to the church and he says, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up into him in all things which is... Anybody get anything out of this? Which is the head, even Christ, from whom the... Somebody shout, the whole body. The whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. That's so powerful. He says, every joint supplieth. According to the effectual working in the measure of every every part, maketh increase... Of the body and to the edifying of itself in love. I wanna read 16 in the NLT. NLT says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, somebody shout, each part, as each part heh, does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing. And full of love, full of, full of love. Hmm. So this is this is something that I've been communicating um, to my family personally, uh, especially the past couple of weeks, the past two or three weeks um, during, you know, Christmas break and holiday. And we, we had an opportunity just to kind of uh, just to have some 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 downtime. Um, we were still going. Matter of fact, I, I moved a lot faster than I really wanted to the past three weeks, but I did have an opportunity to, to have some downtime. And this is what I, I told my family I said, when I leave this house, it's on every single day. Every single day. It's warfare outside this house. Uh, sometimes it's haters, um, sometimes it's temptation. Uh, sometimes it's just draining people. You know, you have some people that just, they pull on you like a leech. And you ain't got to be a pastor to have people like that. There's some people, if you you show any sign of strength, they will just attach themselves to you. They'll just drain you. And so I said, because I know this happens to me, and I know what happens to y'all. I know when you go to school, it's hard. Temptation is hard. Trying to, trying to, watch this, be saved and not be looked at as weird at the same time. I know it's hard. I, I, know, I know trying to, to, to do what you call it is hard. So when we come to this address right here, I want this place to be a filling station. So for my kids, that means that there are times I got to stop what I'm doing and sometimes talk with them, spend time with them, just kind of hang out with them. Sometimes just be available so that the, if they feel like talking, we can just talk and we can. But Because when we come together, something something happens. But, Pop, this is what I really didn't know until <laughs> God started dealing with me concerning this family series. Not only do my kids need me, but I need them. Because... When I go through hell outside and want to give up, I come home and think about the reason why I'm fighting so hard. (laughs) When I see my kids smile, when I see them laugh, when I see them in their clown and getting on my nerves sometimes, but yet clowning. Isn't it amazing? They clowning, but they're in a safe place where they can clown. There's some kids who would just love to just be in a safe place so not only is it refilling to them but it's also refilling to me as well and when I'm full it enables me to go out and to do what I'm supposed to do in the community in this church and with all the other things that I deal with I'm almost done. matter of fact I am done so what is this church ash this church is a filling station it's a filling station But I believe as a church body, we have missed what that really means to be a filling station. We only see a filling station as this. Wonderful praise leader, ministers, hands are lifted, Holy Spirit presence is in the building, and filling is happening. Some of us see it as communicator on the stage. I'm sitting here paying attention taking notes and feeling is happening and although worship is a part of the feeling although the ministry the preaching is a part of the feeling what the main feeling is is what the apostle Paul just wrote verse number 16 put put 16 in the NLT back on the screen he says he makes oh my god today I want to run I want to run he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And watch this. Each part, somebody shout, that includes me. Each, somebody shout, each part. Each part, that includes you. I don't care what you, uh, doesn't matter what your function is. Every part. Each part. Put it back on the screen. I want, I want them to see it. Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. <laughs> so crazy. So, so the New Year's Eve service, I was really pleased with just that how everything just worked out and turned out, and we was able to have a virtual experience that was, in my opinion, it was very impactful, man. It was impactful. I would have loved to have been inside the house on that cold, what was that, Thursday night, But nevertheless we made something happen in a place where people could be safe and they can worship and watch this we had people to come in and they share their story um uh, (laughs) mother washington i i don't every sunday i don't sit down and i don't talk with her every single sunday when she's here and, and we were meeting earlier last year and the year before I'm I'm sure I would see her every Sunday And possibly have a chance to say hello But to have an in-depth Conversation with Mother I didn't do that every Sunday But some of y'all did (laughs) Every Sunday I I didn't sit down And and have an in-depth Conversation with Lav Because how many know Lav can talk y'all Lav can talk when you don't want to (laughs) talk I didn't have that, but some of y'all did. I see you yeah, all almost every Sunday, but I didn't have an in-depth conversation with her every Sunday, but some of y'all, you did. So you want to know what was, what was happening? <sighs> some of you guys came into a Sunday service and you was empty and you were broken. in worship you try to lift your little hands and you was like, oh, thank you Jesus, but my husband crazy, thank you Jesus My <laughs> kid is crazy, thank you Jesus, but you know what I gotta face Monday morning, and you sat there and you heard the teaching, you heard the preaching, and you was like, that was good was it good? Yeah, it was good, but I'm still, I'm still hurting, I'm still broken when somebody said, wasn't the message good? You were like, yeah it's good but on the inside you said, but I'm still broken but when we got back into the fellowship hall and you got your little, how many know EMCC make the best hot dogs in the entire world? Can I get a witness up? It's just some about them anointed, not anointed, naunted hot dogs that we serve back there. Watch this, 100% beef. You got your little hot dog, chips. Watch, uh uh-uh, don't don't take me there. <laughs> I'm getting hungry right now. Red Kool-Aid and Mother P. Mother P made that Kool-Aid. Mother P made that diabetic Kool-Aid. <laughs> you have to get tested after drinking that, but it'd be good, though. Ooh-wee. You went through worship, but you was, ooh. You were better, but you was, my, my son, Greg Jr., my son, Greg Jr., some of y'all might have seen my post. Um, so we were getting ready to go, and, um, uh, you know, talking back and forth. Just you know, just love you, man. And be safe, and so forth. And Greg, watch, Greg, Greg whipped out. He whipped out. He was like, he gave me ten. He said, "Pop, that's just to put some, that's just to put some gas in the car, man." I'm like, what? My son gave me money. <laughs> it's a new day. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. I mean he was so smooth when he was like, hey, pop, this is just something to put a little gas in the car, man. <laughs> I told my wife to take a picture. I said, I need you to take a picture of this because in hard times, I need to remember my son gave me something. So man, I'm, I'm like, wow. I, said, I, took the, I, took, I ain't rejected. I let it watch this. Aunt Charlotte, I let him sow that seed. <laughs> put that little tin in my wallet. And so he left. Dumb. I did some things and so I got in my car and I crunk it. Then I went inside and I was just sitting there and I was just, I was in there much longer than I was supposed to. And so I came back and I got in my car and it was, watch this, below E, y'all. Are you serious? I started thinking, all you gave me was 10? <laughs> you should have gave me at least twenty. Because when you drove the car, it was it was more than $10 in here. Watch this. I put that little 10 in, and my car still went full. And that's how some of you guys come. You get worship and you said, thank you. I'm better. Ooh, watch this. I can go a little further. But I know I'm still gonna run out. And then you hear the word, and you say, ooh, ooh, that, man, I, that was a good word. I, I, man, I really enjoyed that. Took notes. I'm going to go home and meditate. Watch this. I'm, I, I got a little bit more gas. But I'm still not full. Then what happened? You went in the back, and you grabbed you some nachos. You got you a hot dog. And you sat down at the table. And you sat next to Mother Washington. And you started talking about what you was going through. And Mother Washington, she worse than me. She put all her kids on blast. She said, well, let me tell you about Jeremy and and Jamie. (laughs) I was looking at that video. I said, she put all her kids' business out there. (laughs) Let me tell you about Jamie and Jeremy. And you start hearing Mother's story, and you start feeling a little sorry for Mother, but then Mother flipped that thing around. And she started, ooh, she started telling you this is where we were. But this is what God did. But as a result of what God did, this is where I am right now. And so you were a little better after worship. You were a little bit more better after, after the word. But after connecting, what does the scripture declare? Put it, put it on the screen, Ephesians four sixteen 16 and KJV. KJV, put that, I believe it's the second to the last slide. Put that on the screen. I like it in the KJV. Verse number 16, it says, from, the whole, from, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted By that which, watch this, every joint does what, y'all? Supply. Every joint supplies. So it's not just the worshiper that supplies spiritual nutrition. It's not just the preaching that supplies spiritual nutrition. When you make a connection with your brothers and your sister, whatever that joint is, the Bible declares that they pour into you and they supply. So where are we, Pastor McGee? I'll tell you exactly where we are we have allowed the pandemic and everything else that have gone on in our society to give us a good reason to disconnect from fellowship we've used it as a good excuse let me go way left and then let me just come back to a sensible place. Way left. I'm not here. I'm not here. But let me just go way left and then I'm going to come back. Way left says you go to every other place. That's just way left. That's way left. Way left. I'm not there, but I'm, I want to say it. You go everybody. Where else? But when it comes to the house of God, let me come to a sensible place. Here's a sensible place and this is the pastor's heart. The reality is there are some members that I have that I don't want them to come back yet. I don't. I buried two faithful members in 2020, and I, t- the devil is a lie. I plan to do no funerals of EMCC. I'm going to do something outside. I plan to do no funerals of EMCC in 2021. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah, so there's some. I, I want you to stay home for a couple of more months. Maybe stay home for the whole year. Yeah, yeah, well, watch this. Even if you stay home, you can still connect via Zoom. You can connect Facebook Live. You can connect YouTube. When I say, say, amen, you can type, amen, let me know you're there. (laughs) You can, you can, you might not be able to show up in person, but you can connect with a small group. Well, I don't want nobody to know my business, baby. Somebody need to know that mess that's going on in your house so you can get healing. (laughs) Scripture declares if we confess our sins to God, we get forgiven. But James says if we confess our faults to one another, healing transpires on the inside of us. The thing that you don't want nobody to know, somebody need to know. Because it's not until you let down your, ooh, ooh, ooh. There's some of you guys, you're even entering now into this brand new year with guards up, guarding people people you won't let people in and you fail to realize that God uses people so if you won't let nobody in then by the same token you're not letting God in brokenness occurs in the context of relationship let me say it like this the devil hmm, inspires brokenness in the context of relationship but God inspires healing in the context of the relationship. So you got broken. You put your guards up and you said that I'll never allow anybody else in. But you fail to realize when you do that, the same God that wants to heal you wants to heal you in the same context that you were broken. But he wants to do it for your good. So as a local church body, there's some people that I don't want to come back. And then there are some, some who really feel it's not? I heard one 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 of my heard somebody say they said if if you if you if your faith ain't where it needs to be, stay home. And I start thinking to myself that I wouldn't. No, I don't say that because people being cautious doesn't necessarily have to do with what their faith level. Is no, I get up at about eleven o'clock. I, I try to go to bed at 10 30 but something wakes me up about eleven o'clock 30 and I go and lock all my doors, recheck them. Even though I told Greg or Cherry or somebody to lock the doors, I get up and it doesn't have nothing to do with my faith. Just being careful. Being care- Watch this. I'm protecting the investment that God has given me. So you staying home is not a matter of you lacking faith. You have to, you have to protect yourself, protect your family. And you better believe Pastor McGee is doing the same thing. Same thing. Don't be offended when you stick your hand out like this and I give you a, don't be offended. Don't be offended. But if you that ah. Now one baby came in, she hugged me. She asked me, she said, Pastor, can I hug you? I was like, I gotta get this baby hug. Come give it to me. Don't be offended. I got asthmatic children at home. I have a grandmother at home um, who doesn't need to get COVID and nothing else. So, me being careful doesn't mean that I have lack of faith. I want you to be careful. But by the same token, if you choose to be careful, continue to be even the more careful. And let me just just say this. Everybody who ain't coming to church don't mean that they're going everywhere else but church. There's some folk for real. They on lockdown. And I got a couple of friends. They on lockdown. They don't go nowhere. I know that's real. But if you're one of the ones who choose not to come into the sanctuary, and that is okay. That is okay in this particular season because of what's going on in the atmosphere. There are still ways that you can connect. And I'm telling you, when you refuse to disconnect, something in this church goes lacking. Somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to hear your testimony. Somebody needs to even hear your struggle so they'll just know that they're not the only one that's going through in this particular season in their lives. I know you ain't, I know you're not on the other side of victory, but it's okay. Somebody needs to hear your struggle too. This house has the potential to be so. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond. God spoke to. Me. He spoke two words to me, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. Matter of fact, Lady McGee, come, come stand with me. You are gonna help me? Cause I, I, need to go. The two words, two things that God spoke to me going into 2021 the boy guy God spoke to him and he said that this is the year of partnership. Somebody shout partnership. I heard that clearly. I heard that clearly. This is the year of partnership where you are, Pastor McGee, to really make a connection with people. The, the, the growth and development of you as a person and as a ministry is, is dependent upon the intensity of the partnerships that you have. Intensity. So you can be you can have a loose connection. Anybody ever had a loose battery connection? Well, your car, it wouldn't stop sometime. It, w- it wasn't because the battery wasn't good. Your connection was, wasn't tight enough. So that was the first word he spoke. The second word that he spoke, he told me, Greg, be a pastor. I heard God say that. He told me that. He said, be a pastor. And I want to pastor a people. But I can't pastor a people that's disconnected. I can't oversee a people who choose not to participate in what we have going on as a ministry. There, there, watch this. There, there are great men of God and women of God all across the globe. I listen to most of them. I really do. But there's a difference between being encouraged by someone who's a great communicator and then being connected to someone in fellowship. Big difference. You can be encouraged by word. But when there is a live connection, hmm, when there's a live connection, it makes a difference. Lady McKee, I want you to just pray, sweetheart. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for this church, number one. Number two, I want you to pray for those individuals who have embraced the idea that it's okay to have a loose connection. I have too many people who are just the church members, but they hadn't actually joined the family. If, if, if you would ask what church you go to, oh yeah, I go to EMCC, but the reality is you're not a part of the family because being a part of the family means this is a place where you frequent, whether it's in the building or it's online, it's on Zoom. You, the, I make this a priority. Yeah, that's the word that God spoke. He said, make it a priority. And then I build relationships in this place. God wants you to make, just like you make your family a priority, and you should, your church family. We're in a series that it matters to God, and if it matters to God, it should matter to us. Can you say amen to that? Lead us in prayer, Lord.
1: Father, we love you, and we thank you, oh God, for your word. The Bible declares that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword that it provides rebuke, correction, reproof, whatever it is that, that we need, God, your word provides it. And Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus, oh God, for the church family, for this church family, and for every church family that's feeling the disconnection going on right now due to the pandemic and everything else. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that they would realize and value the gifts that you've placed on the inside of them, oh God that is ultimately to bring you glory, God. Lord, don't allow our gifts to lie dormant, oh God, but allow us to use each and every gift that you've placed on the inside of us, God, because those gifts matter. Allow us to use them, God, for your glory, oh God, for the upbuilding of your kingdom, God. No matter whether it's here face-to-face in the building or on social media, there are things that we can do to bring people in, We can like, we can share, we can share, we can go live, we can share of your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We can make posts to share good points that triggered our hearts, oh God, that that brought conviction unto us, oh God. Help us, oh God, to stay connected as a body. Don't allow us to become disconnected, oh God, but allow us to stay connected, oh God, and to use every gift you've placed on the inside of us, God. Lord, we want to hear you say, well done one day, God. We want to hear you say, well done, and we want to use every gift that you placed inside of us, God, to draw others to you, oh God. Help us to know that no matter how big or small we think the gift is, that it does matter. That it matters to you and it matters to the body. Don't allow us, oh God, to shut down, to build up walls, to not use our gifts, to say no to you. Because ultimately, when we don't use our gifts, we're telling you no, God. Don't allow us to do that, God, and allow the body to be crippled, to be limping, but allow us, oh God, to align back with the body, oh God, in this season, in this year, in corporate prayer and fasting. Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus that every family connected to this church would consecrate a fast for them and for their household, oh God. For the vision of EMCC for 2021 and for the vision of their households. Allow them, oh God, to consecrate and set aside a time of prayer, oh God. Whether it be coming here or whether it be at home, setting aside a time, making it a priority and showing our children that you are still a priority in our lives, God. We thank you, oh God. We thank you for the people who are going to connect that did not connect in small groups on last year that are going to get connected. You spoke to me, God, and you said that this was the year that you wanted us to follow through with what we said that we were going to do what we were going to do for you, what we were going to do for our family, what we're going to do for ministry, we want to follow through, not just to make promises, not just to start and to stop stuff, but to follow through with what it is that you've called us to do. Whether it's writing a book, whether it's starting a business, whether it's going back to school, whether it's working on our marriage, whether it's building relationships, whether it's forgiving people and truly walking in forgiveness, whatever it is that you challenged us to do, God, allow us and give us the strength to follow through, God. We thank you, God, that we're going to connect together like never before, God, in fellowship, oh God. Touch the hearts of your people, oh God. Allow them, oh God, to know that you are still there, that you are still with us, God. No matter what we did in 2020, no matter what happened in 2020, you are here, standing at the door of our hearts, knocking, asking, waiting for us to invite you in. We thank you now, God, and it is so, in In Jesus' name.